we are all very busy. We all have a million things to do. And then everyone has the stress of, I have a baby, so I have a million more things to do. And it doesn't have to be that way. When you've got this extra time, I say, take that time and prioritize, prioritize you time and time with your partner. Hey guys, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Carly and Mia. Hi guys, welcome back. We have Janie Riley on today. Yeah, this was a really good episode. I love the way that the conversation went. Yeah, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Janie Riley founded and is the CEO of We Sleep, a sleep training consultation company where she creates catered plans to help you and your family be well rested and teach your baby how to sleep. So I wasn't sure as we are not moms how much this conversation would resonate with me. I knew for listeners and for other people who are even thinking about kids, these are interesting conversations, but it ended up being a conversation that was so relevant. I feel like we talk about wellness in all different pillars of how it affects our lives, like sleep and relationships and work. We really hit on all of that. And I feel like a lot of the similar themes are there, whether you have a baby or not. Yeah. A lot of all those common themes that we talk about, like communication and how important that is in a relationship. And we talked to Janie about how intimacy can be impacted after you have kids. But then we also got to hear about her own experience, having gone through a divorce a few years after having her son and then what it was like dating again after that and the relationship she's in now. So we got to hear a lot more about her outside of We Sleep and the company that she created. So a lot of really great topics. I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy it, whether you have kids or don't have kids. Even if you never want to have kids, you're definitely going to be able to relate to a lot of what's in the episode. Yeah, definitely. But otherwise, we always like to share some things we're trying. I I don't know about everyone else. Like, how's everyone feeling? I've been feeling really blah in January. I posted about this on our Instagram and I feel like it's just something in the air. Like it's a new year, but everything's the same. Like we're worrying about COVID again. It's still so cold and gloomy. I don't know. I'm just overcome with like New Year's blues. And I feel like we're bombarded always in a new year of like new challenges and like, let's kickstart the year and like set intentions and do all these workout plans and like kickstart our health, like all great. And I'm totally here for that. I just like, wasn't fully ready. I feel like I just, it was a blah week, but I feel like I'm not getting bombarded with that. I feel like I'm getting like everyone feeling like the opposite of that. So I don't know if that's like impacting me and making me feel that way. I feel like it doesn't feel like a new year. This new year has just seemed so blah to me for some reason. Anyway, yes, as Mia said, if you guys are feeling any of this, then you're not alone. If everyone is feeling a little off right now, there's obvious things going on with COVID and all of that. And just the regular feeling of this time of year, like the winter and not really having much to do and not being able to do as much with COVID and all of that. So I don't know, but it I was able to come into the city yesterday and we had a fun lunch and a fun afternoon. We went to Ruby Rosa and had pizza and wine and then went over to Gray Dog and had some cider, which was delicious. And then I took like a very long walk. It was just a great day. I had such deja vu. Like you had posted, we hadn't been there since 2019, but it just felt so normal and fun 
It was so fun. I loved it. The pizza was amazing. Like just having a bottle of wine and Ruby Rosa on a cold gray January day is the best feeling ever. I never wanted to leave. It was so fun. I want to do that every day. Me too. (laughs) But because I had felt so blah and I talked about my over Christmas to New Year, I just sat on the couch and that's just what my body needed. And what I needed was to just hibernate and do nothing and read books and watch TV and eat lasagna and Christmas cookies. So I just had a slow return to the new year and I wanted to feel better and kickstart the new year. So I did order Sakara, the three day meal plan, not for like a dietary purposes or like a forced restart to January, but after just being like lazy and not eating in my own home, I wanted to do this. So I ordered Sakara for three days. If you have not ordered or even heard of Sakara before, it's a meal plan that delivers like all prepared plant-based meals to your home. So I did Monday through Wednesday and it was so delicious. I just felt like after a week of not eating super healthily, it was a great way to just get lots of vegetables and just feel really great and have great nutrition meals and also just didn't, wasn't in the mood to cook or clean. So it was so perfect. It was so good. I feel like the food is just amazing. I've got cinnamon rolls. I got a barbecue burger, muffins, a pasta, which I hadn't had the previous time. I had like very much like plant-based like vegetable bowls and salads. This time I was able to try the pastas and there was a tomato soup with a grilled cheese. So everything's vegan, gluten-free, plant-based. It was so good and just felt like amazing. And I never really eat breakfast. So it's funny, the Saqqara breakfasts are my favorite part of the whole meal plan because you get all this just interesting, good stuff I wouldn't be eating on my own. So I loved it. It felt so nice to just have meals all made for me. And I know they were so healthy and great. And you always feel so much better after eating them. So if you guys want to try, we have a code. It's XO balanced. So you can get 20% off your first order. If you want to try Saqqara, like a three-day plan, something like I did, they have a ton of other different programs. They also have the clean boutique. So I've been doing the metabolism powder, which we've talked about a ton. Carly's talked about that a lot. And I'm also doing the water drops. So the beauty and the detox drops, which are new. And I've been taking those for a couple of weeks now. And I feel like it's something that like we talked about, you wouldn't really maybe not notice the differences while you're having them. But when you stop, you notice a difference. Plus it's just like nice to have like a detox water in the morning or a beauty water at night. So I've been loving Sakara. It's like a nice routine. I totally agree. But I like the idea of just doing a three-day breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And Mm -hmm. you don't even have to think about meals for those days. Their food is so good. And it is. It's made with really healthy ingredients, but also like ingredients that like you don't, yeah, that you probably don't use much when you cook. Yeah, I loved it. And they do have longer programs. If you want to do 30 days, they have a bridal program, which I was looking into. We could talk about my thoughts on like bridal diet plans. (laughs) I don't really agree with that. So I don't know if I would do that, but it's an option. So if you are getting married or you just want to try it out, they have all these different programs on their website. I wanted to talk about something food related too. So I actually made the most delicious lunch today. And Mm -hmm. it reminded me that I've never really talked on here about Primal Kitchen and I really love their products. I've been using them for years. I think I first found out about them when I did Whole30 for the first time, which now is 
four years ago and they have like dressings and condiments and vegan mayonnaise and mustard and all different and sauces and everything. Like they used to just, I think they like started with just a couple of dressings and a vegan mayonnaise and that was it. But now they have so much and you can find them in most grocery stores or you can also order them online. You can also order their products on Thrive Market if you use Thrive Market. But now they started doing like frozen bowls and skillets and things like that. And I haven't tried those. I actually just ordered a few of them because I did a Thrive Market order. But what I've really been obsessed with lately is their buffalo sauce. It's so good. And it's again, it's vegan. It's Whole30 compliant, gluten-free, all of that. None of their products use artificial sweeteners. So things like ketchup or barbecue sauce that usually have like a ton of sugar in them. They don't use any artificial sweetener. So it's a lot better for you. But the buffalo sauce is actually made with cashew butter. That's what makes it creamy. And it's so good. Today I made a salad for lunch and I used... I made like a buffalo chicken salad, basically. I used arugula and then I, I don't know if you've ever had Applegate. Applegate has like these frozen chicken tenders and I got these gluten-free frozen chicken tenders and I made them. And then I had like an arugula salad with these chopped up chicken tenders with this buffalo sauce on it and celery. And it was the most amazing thing ever. It was like exactly what I needed. Oh my God. I've never had those Applegate chicken nuggets. Oh my God. They're so good. But anyway, Primal Kitchen, really, really love them. Love their dressings. They have a ranch dressing. They have this buffalo sauce that I am loving. They have, like I said, barbecue sauce teriyaki sauce, all different types of dressings. And they're all made with really, really clean, good ingredients. And a little bit goes a long way too. a good dressing makes makes a salad for sure. Totally. A good dressing makes a salad. And that's also why I love Saqqara. The dressings are just so good and interesting and all these different flavors. So I love that. Wait, <laughs> I wanted to quickly talk about Emily in Paris. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Did you finish it? I, no, I still haven't finished, yeah. finished. So sorry, our conversation similar to yesterday, but I thought it would be interesting if we talked about the polls that we did. We asked on our Instagram, if you were Camille, could you forgive Emily? And 73% of people said no, but 27 said yes. So that's like a fair amount. Yeah, like one in a four. A little more than one four said they would be able to forgive Emily. And then when we asked about Gabrielle, 90% said no and 10% said yes. So we talked a little bit about this at lunch yesterday. Like, I don't know. I guess it's so personal, but I would never be able to forgive a friend in that situation. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. I I would never forgive Emily for sure. Like I wouldn't, that's just, it was like they're friends and there's a million other guys in the world. And she slept spoiler alert, but she slept in season (laughs) one with Gabrielle and yeah, they broke up and she thought he was moving and everything like that. But for me, and it's so funny, I'm talking about this, like it's so serious, but it is like an issue that comes up in friendships and relationships. And for me, it's more about, it's less about the fact that she did it and more about the fact that then she just like lied to her face for like weeks afterwards. Like I feel like, They just like made her look like an idiot hanging out with her all together. And like she was pushing the two of them together as if it didn't happen. It was just very, very weird. Right. Like the gray area of where they broken up. She thought he was leaving all of that. But the communication, if you're going to, if he's going to stay and you're then going to hang out with this girl, you have to tell her. And I feel like, I don't know about the Gabrielle part. I feel like people are, I feel like I was surprised by the results because I feel like people are so quick to try to make their relationships work and forgive the boyfriend. And it's always are oftentimes blaming the other woman involved. And 
that's just the common theme you have. If your boyfriend is flirting with someone or cheating on you, you, I feel like people are so quick to get mad and hate that other girl without thinking about what was going on. And they're so lenient with the significant other, but I feel like it would, I don't know, for me, I feel like I probably would be able to find a way to work through it with Gabrielle, but I would not. If he was trying to, but he wasn't, he He was like, that was the thing is that like, (laughs) Emily was like trying to work through it. And like when she did tell her and like, want it to be her friend, Gabrielle wasn't at all. Like, so there, I feel like in, in that instance, like there just wasn't something to forgive, but yeah, for the friend, I would never be able to forgive that. But yes, we can't wait for you to hear this episode. We are going to do the same thing that we did last week and ask each other a question from the Esther Perel game that Mia got. Yes, this is our new segment, our Esther Perel game segment. (laughs) Okay. Your options are share a story about the last time I did something generous for someone. If I was going to get fired tomorrow, it would be four. And if I was stuck in my house for months, the three things I'd want by my side are... (laughs) <laughs> so very relevant. <laughs> I think I'll do that last one because I have been stuck in my house for two years. <laughs> so. <laughs> and also it's relevant because we switched up our rapid fire questions in 2022. So with this episode you'll hear, and that's one of the questions, similar to one of the questions, the three things that you would not have gotten through the early days of quarantine without. So things that I need. I'm going to take like food out of the picture because obviously you need food. My Kindle. (laughs) I would need my Kindle. I would need, I think I would want something to be able to do online workouts. Like I would need my computer. And then lastly, I would need, I honestly think I would need to be able to listen to podcasts. Like I literally feel like if I couldn't read or listen to podcasts or do workouts, that would be, I would go insane. And those are like the things that I do if I have downtime and I'm just inside for hours. So those are my answers. Those are so good. A podcast is so perfect if you're alone or feeling lonely, because I, especially for me, if I get really into a podcast and I love the hosts, I just feel like my friends and I just feel like I'm having a conversation with them. Podcasts have gotten me through so many just lonely times. Me too. And also comfortable clothes. (laughs) If I'm going like away for the weekend and I don't remember to bring something comfy to wear, it's just not fun. Yeah. Comfortable clothes forever. (laughs) Okay. Pick yours. Mine are, I'll share a story about the last time I cried, a conversation I've been meaning to have. And when no one is watching, I dot, dot, dot. Those are good ones. Yeah. I could go like really deep with this or <laughs> honestly, the last time I cried, I'm a crier. I cry all the time. I cry. I think once a week, I don't, it just is a cathartic cry, but I'm telling you this January has made me feel so blah. I was so just sad this week. And I don't even know why I had like a plummet to my confidence and I was stressed at work and just not feeling that great. And I've talked about it a lot, but like, it's very real. I was so emotional about it. And I actually, I don't, because I have an IUD, I don't get my period. So I used to be able to like tie back a lot of my emotion to getting my period and it being so hormonal. And now I just feel like I'm in a blind spot because I don't really know when my cycle is. And I definitely still feel the effects, but yes, last time I cried was this week. So this isn't a really intense answer, but the week just started weighing on me and I just felt so sad. Yeah. Does that ever happen to you? Um, are you a crier? No, I mean, you know, I'm not a crier. 
It's definitely, yes, but something has to spark it. Like it has to be not like something has to happen, but I have to be in that kind of mood that you're explaining, but then hear like a certain song or like something will happen and then it will, it won't, wouldn't just be like, I'm like sitting there and then like the tears, you know what I mean? There has to be like some type of (laughs) trigger music. I feel like is what brings up the most emotion in me for sure. Yeah. I don't even remember if there was a a trigger for me. I feel like it was just a trigger of like overwhelming sadness. Yeah. (laughs) I've been crying a lot more at television shows. Like I cry watching and just like that. I think almost every episode. What? I cried. First of all, that's the worst show in the world. (laughs) I know. We have to talk about it. We have to talk. We'll do that next week. We'll talk. We'll debrief about it. But yeah, I I was very emotional. Crying a lot. For sure. It's, It's a very emotional time right now yeah feel your emotions yeah it's a good thing i feel like crying it out is like so good well that's our takeaway for the intro so everybody just go get a good cry in (laughs) and come back and listen to the rest of the episode Yes, definitely. I hope you love this episode with Janie. It's really good. And if you think this is a topic you would want to skip, don't because there's so many great takeaways and I really enjoyed the conversation. Same. And next week is episode 100. And it's going to be a really good one. So stay tuned. It's so good. Thank you so much for listening for 100 episodes or joining us along the way. We're so happy to have you. And we have so many great things coming in 2022. Welcome back. Today, we are sitting down with the founder of We Sleep, a program to help new parents navigate sleep training. She also empowers moms with the tools, resources, and confidence to stop sacrificing and start rejuvenating themselves, their space, their family, their lives. So we're so happy to have our guest on today. We're going to be talking all about the importance of sleep, but also about how a new baby can affect your relationship with yourself and your partner. So welcome to Mostly Balanced, Janie Riley. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. We have lots of good stuff to speak about. Thanks for coming on. We're so excited. I Neither of us have kids yet, but we definitely have a lot of friends and listeners with kids who are very excited to hear about these topics. So before we dive into it, can you just tell everyone listening just a little bit about you? So where you're from, where you live now, and just a little bit more about what you do. Sure. I'm from Ontario, just outside of Toronto. I live here now. I was born and raised here. I moved out West for a while. I'm back here now. I created We Sleep because my son didn't sleep. I was living out West at the time. I moved back here to start my business. And since then, um, I have grown We Sleep to have a team of 42 consultants. We help families around the globe with sleep and I work from home. So I'm able to stay home with my son and he's 11 now. And that's kind of my story. I just love what I do and I love helping families get that healthy sleep. I love that. I love that the company and your passion had stemmed from a real need for it from when you had a baby. Like so many people might, like Carly said, I don't have kids, but I've seen my sisters with their babies and everyone has such a different approach to sleep training and you get such contradictory advice. So was that something you found yourself in, like just unsure of what to do? Yeah. You know, and that's, I think pretty much it's what happened. I'm a very type A personality. So before I had my son, I had schedules. I had, you know, 
little cheat sheets beside my bed on my night table going, this is what's going to happen. This is when he's asleep. This is when he's going to eat, blah, blah, blah. And then I had him and nothing was working. Nothing was going to plan. And me being a very scheduled and organized person, my head was about to pop off. And I just, I was losing such a sense of me and not really knowing what to do. Even though I had read tons of stuff, I felt I was extremely organized. I wasn't, I was really unprepared. So we hired a sleep consultant at the time and I couldn't even believe that I got my life back in like three days. I just all of a sudden, you know, full circle went, whoa, you know, this is amazing. I can all of a sudden, you know, my son's sleeping, which obviously makes me happy, which means he started eating better. I could get me back. And it was just this overwhelming bliss, just like, oh. I can be myself again and everyone's happy. And it was a struggle. I was not myself. It's, it, it's not okay. And it's not okay to believe that it's okay to be in a fog for years or to be completely flustered. And I think there's this misconception that new moms feel that they have to prove something and that it's cool to be tired. And it's the norm that you can't take care of yourself. And it's not. And I found that out very quickly. And I found out very quickly how much of a priority it is for me. We all get to a point of complete exhaustion where we will implode and we will not be the best moms we can be. I am so happy you said that because I think that's so true. Like there is a misconception that that's just how it is. And that's just your new mom. Like you're so tired. These years are just going to be a fog, that kind of thing. And it's so refreshing to hear that that doesn't have to be the case. So a sleep consultant, is that exactly what it sounds like? Like it's just somebody you talk to about Mm -hmm. your specific child and they help come up with a plan or how does it work? Yeah. So basically when we work with families, we do, you know, really in-depth questionnaire and intake. We want to know all about what happens in your home, who lives in your home, how many kids you have, how many pets you have, how noisy your home is, all those really good things. And then what's happening during the day, what the feeds are like, everything in terms of as much information as we can gather as possible from, from the family to be able to prepare a sleep plan based on kind of their lifestyle, as well as, you know, we have some kind of set strategies, which obviously we we need to adjust according to lifestyles, you know, and parents' preferences and that sort of thing, which we do. So um, in terms of sleep consulting, we, we, we basically, we get all the information we need. We, we create a plan specific to the client and then we help them execute. We coach them to be independent. We help them understand why things are happening, what scheduling should be educate them along the way. So we're always really, you know, we're we're tracking everything. They're tracking everything they do. We're analyzing it. We're helping them understand. We're empowering them to understand why things are happening and how important sleep is. So it's a very educational process. And at the end, our goal when working with every family is A, that you have a sleeping baby, which in turn gives you a gazillion more amazing benefits, you know, that you also are comfortable to take away the information that you learned and to understand, hey, you know what? I got this. I can do this. I, you know, I know why these things are happening. I know how to handle them. I know what to do if this, you know, happens down the road. That's what we do is we make sure that we, you know, we coach our families and within 14 days or 10 days or less, typically the child is sleeping through the night. We coach for 14 days and then we're, we kind of give them all the tools that they need to move forward and not regress and just plug through and be confident and know that they got this, that they're empowered to be independent and know how important sleep is. And it, obviously works for or it benefits the mother and the child and siblings and spouses, the whole family unit. Yeah, totally. I feel like 
I'm going to be the type of person that I haven't read anything about sleep training. I know nothing about having a child. I'll be this one that's ordering all these books or trying to find the right program. And I love that your approach really is customizable and catered or tailored to the specific household. I feel like my friend just had a baby and she was showing me this book she was going off of and it was a a routine down to the hour and that's working wonderfully for her. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure like everyone's going to have such a different experience. And I would love to hear more about like, I feel like people just don't even know, like, should you be on an exact schedule? Should your baby go to sleep every night at the same time? Should you ever wake them up? Or like, well, this is all just like nothing I've ever yeah. even thought about before. And like, how does it change as they get older? Do you yeah. like retrain when they're a toddler or how no. does it work? So it's, you know, so basically, yes, there's tons of resources out there and, you know, great information. And I always, you know, encourage people to read. I did it. I, I think it's important that we are educated and we see what's out there. But the problem people have is they don't know how to piece it together or they'll piece together little pieces of the puzzle. And then some things are never getting down pat and they're wondering why. So when we can customize things to, you know, we have specific kind of strategies and methods, if you will, but we can tailor them. We don't want to um, make anyone feel uncomfortable. We want everyone to enjoy the process, even though it can be difficult, but to understand the process and choose consultant or a method or a book or a program, whatever it is that suits them best, because everyone is going to be different. Some people will be organized. Some people will want to follow step by step. I always say to clients and my team when I'm coaching them, babies are not robots. Okay. We cannot say it is time to go to sleep and they go, la, 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 close my eyes, go to sleep. It is not going to be like that every day. And we've had clients that say, well, I want to go to bed at six o'clock every day during the week and sleep until, you know, six, because we have to get him up for daycare. But then on the weekends, we want to sleep in. So we want him to sleep till 9 a.m. on the weekends. I'm like, um, no, that's, that can't happen. (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, I, everyone loves to sleep in, but a baby is a baby and we can't just, you know, force them to do things that are unnatural or extended lengths of sleep. But yes, a routine and consistency in terms of awake times. Yes. Timing for an average kind of bedtime, you know, for certain age groups should fall between, you know, six, six and seven. Yes. And and those are all the things. And as children get older, they can stay up for longer periods of time. And that's what we help our clients understand as well. So they can move on and gradually change the schedule. And if a child is taught to sleep properly and independently in the younger months and younger age, and, you know, old or new habits, bad habits aren't introduced as they get older, then they will totally continue to be an amazing sleeper. My son is 11 years old now. Okay. He sleeps 11, 12 hours a night. Still, he will tell me when he's tired, he will turn his lights out and say, mom, time, I'm done reading, you know, time to turn out the lights. I'm, you know, my eyelids are fluttery. He's 11. And does he, do I give him grace? And we have long, you know, later nights and stuff. Of course it's life. And I never want to take that away from people. Even when he was a baby, you know, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't see anyone. I can't do anything. I can't have wine with my girlfriends. Heaven forbid. I was just very real about the situation. I'm going to continue on my life. I'm going to honor his sleep. If some things go off track, they go off track. It's life. We rewind, we get on track the next day. And that's kind of how I look at the whole sleep coaching training thing. It has to be a fit and there is flex, but there also has to be consistency for long-term success. 
I imagine it must be the hardest thing ever when your baby or child is crying and you don't know if you should just let them cry it out or if you should go in. What is your advice there? Yeah, no. And that's a great question. And first of all, every baby will protest and the protest is crying. They don't have words. They don't know how to express themselves any other way. Is our method cried out? No. Will the children we work with cry? They absolutely will. Every child will cry when they are trying to express themselves or trying to soothe themselves. It's, you know, so with the crying, we're very in tune with, you know, understanding the cries, what they they, they could be from overtired, undertired, hungry, in pain, whatever it is. So we also teach our families how to understand those cries to figure out, oh, you know what? Sounds kind of hungry or he's kicking and he's got this cry that I think he might be upset and might have some gas or some issues. So there's a lot of things to understand. And we always encourage our, our clients. And I think it's really important that you're always checking in with your child. Obviously, you know, there are some methods where it's like close the door and see you later, 10 hours later. It's not. We do feel that a child needs a little bit of time to kind of work it out and cry a few minutes. But, you know, with a check-in and just letting them know it's okay and then kind of leaving or sitting with them, whatever just depends on what we kind of formulate for that family thinking it's, you know, whatever is going to work best for them. But typically our parents' first response is, oh my God, he's crying. I got to go. I got to go. I got to pop a soother in his mouth. He should be crying. Oh my gosh. Whereas I think I always liken it to us being adults and we go to sleep and we wake up in the middle of the night. And we might be kind of flustered by a bad dream or a thought or what's on our list for the next day. Not that babies have that on their mind, but you know, we <laughs> had to go to the bathroom. But yeah, and we have the ability to regulate and go, okay, you know what? Da, 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 I'm going to go back to sleep. Whereas babies don't know, like they don't have any other way of communicating. And most often parents are so surprised because if they leave their child for a couple minutes, all of a sudden there's silence. Babies are noisy. They cry, they move, they oink, they scream, they make the craziest noises. And we need to give them that time to work it out a little bit and settle in. And so many times we'll say to parents, just leave them for five minutes, watch them on the monitor, leave them for five minutes, take a listen, watch. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. And it's the first time he's ever done that. I'm like, it's the first time you've ever let him. Yeah. Because what happens is a lot of time they're crying in their sleep too. Parent rushes in. Oh my gosh. They start, pick the baby up, try to feed them. Baby doesn't feed or gets even more upset and freaks out because the parent has woken them. And it is actually been like, ah, what's going on? What's going on? So there's, there's a lot of little things to look out for. And like I said earlier, we want to empower our moms and dads to be able to understand what's happening and and to be able to give their child the space because quite often they don't give them the space and it makes things worse. Yeah. I have a niece who's like two, almost three actually. And she's in this new phase where she wakes up in the middle of the night because she just started wearing her hair in a ponytail like during the day. And she'll wake up in the middle of the night screaming, I want a ponytail every night. And in the first few nights, like my sister was going in, but it's just like one of those things. It is. And it's also like they, um, well, toddlers, especially they love attention, right? Negative attention, positive, whatever attention it is, they don't care. They want attention. And, you know, they're a whole other ballgame, a lot of fun. But yes, if your sister continued doing that, it would probably be like, I need a ponytail and new pajama pants. I need <laughs> and it would be like this like layered effect. And before you know it, like she's doing all these things and like, what have I done? So, yeah. That's what happens. 
it must be so hard, like Carly said, to just have a crying baby and you feel so sad. You don't want your child to want something or need something. But I like that you said tune in too. You can kind of get to know what the cry is for, whether they're tired and know that kind of sticking to that plan will lead to a better outcome. I do have a question about um, when you work with parents, do you find that it takes time to get both parents on the same page? Like what if one parent's the kind that really wants to go in and soothe and the other one wants to stick to this sleep consultation? I'm asking this about a baby, obviously, but I also like my fiance and I really differ in how we um, train our dog. Yeah. (laughs) problems there foreshadowing (laughs) so I'm trying to get some advice for how to get two parents on the same page when it comes to aligning on a baby no I hear you and that is it's great because that's very important and and we we want the parents to align and we often well we always ask if both parents can you know both or one or whoever whatever can be on the, the consultation because we want everyone to understand what's going on to be kind of invested in it because it is an investment it's obviously an investment financially but it's an invest- investment in your health and it's a family investment so it has to be done together everyone has to want it and it is the same as training a dog just so you know <laughs> my boyfriend just recently got a beautiful golden retriever, or actually I got it for him for his birthday. And he, um, yeah, he loves his name's Doug. He's awesome. Anyway, he, it's funny because I'm always like, Oh my God, you're the worst client. I would never have you as a wee sleep client. You're horrible. (laughs) He'll be like, his dog will like start like kind of barking a couple, like just like a little, like five in the morning, he'll go and lay with him and like rock him. I'm like, what are you doing? So it's, yeah. and it's the same thing, right? Because you want to form these habits that aren't bad long-term habits. So back to your question, you know, it's very important that uh, um, the parents align. And we you know we often have dad doing the first few nights if there is a dad in the family, because we want moms to get caught up on some sleep. We know that moms are typically the ones home during the day. So they want, we want them to be rested during the day. So we involve both parents and it's really important. And there are times where both aren't aligned and it's a shit show. It goes sideways and it's, we reel it back and we say, guys, get aligned, reach out when you're both on the same page, you're both completely exhausted or whatever. And because quite often a dad might call us and be like, I'm losing my mind. I haven't slept with my wife in the same bed in six months and my baby cries all night long. And what do I do? just give you your money and like help us and I'm like okay well have you talked to your wife like so there's lots of situations where one parent will reach out and then we get on a call and the other person's like totally not into it Mm. so they have to align it's hugely important well it's true like when you get so frustrated about whether it's not going to be perfect all the time, you'll run into obstacles, your baby's going to cry, it's going to be challenging. It's so easy for people to turn on each other and like maybe in your exhaustion and frustration, point your finger and you can easily turn on each other. So you really have to align in that sense. Yeah, as a team. 100% completely agree. Definitely kind of on that topic, because we wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Do you have any advice for parents who are like really struggling to prioritize their own relationship while they're dealing with raising a baby or an infant or multiple kids? What are some of the best ways that you can make sure that you still maintain that connection with each other? 
Yeah, I think it's really important. And, you know, um, that first of all, the whole family's rested, right? So when everyone's getting the sleep and the proper sleep they need, for instance, you know, there's families that might have a child that goes to bed at nine o'clock at night, and then we work with them and the child's going to bed at 6.30, 7 o'clock and everything's bliss. Well, it's really important that I feel the couples should be like, okay, this is amazing. We're going to eat dinner after the child goes to sleep. Not every night necessarily, whatever it is, taking that extra time that all of a sudden they've earned and making it time for them and a time to reconnect and sit down with a glass of wine and a charcuterie board and chat and just have instead of like, oh my God, baby, la la la, I'm so tired. I hate you for not doing your laundry. Like this constant chaos because we live in chaos. We are all very busy. We all have a million things to do. And then everyone has the stress of I have a baby. So I have a million more things to do. And it doesn't have to be that way. When you've got this extra time, I say, take that time and prioritize, prioritize you time and time with your partner. As cliche as it is, like have a date night. So you know what? Like if it's every Friday night and your baby's sleeping in different times, because we're in lockdown here, but making that date night, you know what? If it's a Thursday night or a Friday night or Wednesday night, whatever night it is, that is a good night. Put in the calendar and do it and hire a babysitter and put your baby down. You leave for the night. Babysitter doesn't even see the baby, hangs out, talks on her phone. And then you come home and you've had your time and and it's good. It's just people, I think too, we get into a habit, which, you know, we all know is 21 days to form a habit. We get in these habits where we aren't spending time with our partners. We aren't making time for us, for our self-care. We're not making time for our partners. And then all of a sudden it becomes our new norm and we don't know how to get it back. So you can always get it back by forming a new habit. I'm a very big cheerleader, rah, rah for put it in the schedule, start making it happen. Don't let anything slough it off. Take that time because after a couple of weeks of the connection with your partner and the connection with yourself, the self-care, if it's reading a book, it's a bath, whatever it is, and getting dressed up to go out with your partner, amazing. That like can do wonders for us. It can bring us a big piece of us back. And as a mom, we go through a lot of emotions and body image, mental, emotional. You're stuck at home talking baby all day. Like there's a million things. So getting parts of you back in a way will really help the relationship too. I love that. And we talk about this concept on our podcast all the time. We haven't had it in the lens of having a baby, but if it's anything like your career or your own mental health, like all of these other external factors need to be tended to or else they'll impact your relationship and your relationship should be prioritized in that way. I love putting it in the sense of having a habit, but you've mentioned now a couple times like losing yourself, losing yourself, whether it's in being a mom and you have this struggling with this new identity and you're losing yourself or you and your partner are losing this relationship because you're now parents. So I wanted to also talk a little about intimacy there, which you just mentioned a bit with date nights and keeping it romantic. But can you speak a little more to how a mom dealing with sleep exhaustion and just having a baby and hormones, like how is that affecting your libido maybe and how that how your sex life plays in being a new parent? Yeah. And I think, I mean, sometimes it's just given like, oh yes, I don't have to have sex with my husband for a while. You know, he's not going to be attacking me every night because (laughs) I just had a baby, you know, like there's all these different ways of looking at it, but obviously our bodies go through a lot, whether it be, we have a natural birth or a C-section or whatever, our hormones are going to be affected. And At the end of the day, I think when we recognize the changes and we are owning the changes and we're speaking openly to our partners about the changes and we're not putting pressure on ourselves 
to make changes or to feel badly because you know you're not feeling it or you're not into something just being open about it and knowing that you can get things on track. I think there's always like, I'm a big believer. And if you want something, you can make it happen. And if you want that back, you'll make, make it come back. But a big part of it is being in the right headspace and being in the right headspace means having proper sleep, which means proper. Cause you normally, when we have proper sleep, we eat better. We feel better about ourselves. We're more motivated to exercise. All of those things make us feel like a sexier partner or more confident in their bodies. And we, we look different after, and, you know, we feel different after. And I think when we are just kind of recognizing that and understanding it and being open with our partners, I think that is kind of key. And then when the sleep comes into play, everything will change drastically. Like when a mom is sleep deprived, like I said, she doesn't eat properly, doesn't exercise. Well, she might, but it won't be as strong or it'll be like, oh, hum, or won't make time for it. Won't make time for a bath. Won't make time for makeup if she wears makeup, putting on decent clothes, just it's like kind of a free pass to wear sweats. I think when you're aware and you can actually just kind of reel things in and go, you know what, like I'm going to make myself a priority. I know all these things being rested is just has so many amazing benefits and, and that alone will enhance the connection sometimes without even words. When I don't have enough sleep, I am not functioning and I don't prioritize those things like eating healthy and Mm -hmm. moving my body and things like that. And so when you are a mom or a parent, like we spoke about earlier, and you feel like that's just supposed to be how it is for you for those first few years, then everything else just goes by the wayside. And I can imagine sex is in that bucket. Mm -hmm. But I'm also curious about for you specifically as a single mom, what your approach was there? Like, did you have to really shift your mindset to be ready to go out and date? Or like, did you go out and date? Or did you just happen to meet somebody? What did it look like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So I was actually like, I just separated or divorced, I guess, separated and now divorced, um, kind of just four years ago. So I was living had a, you know, baby with the man I was married to. And Basically, I knew kind of just sad to say, but like I knew after a few months, my son being born, that this man is not the man I'm supposed to be married to. And it took me a while, obviously, but because I kept thinking, oh, this is the norm. This is how Do you it think you be. would have known it without having a kid? I think I would have. Yes, I would have. I think it just really brought everything forward and just kind of made me really think about me and what I need in a partner. I'm a very independent person. So, you know, I always thought I didn't need a lot. I still don't feel I need need a lot, but I think I really realized that I'm not supposed to be with this person, but then it was a struggle with, oh gosh, first of all, how do I tell everyone I don't want to be with this person? How do I do it? And how is it going to affect my son? Because, you know, everyone's, you can't separate, blah, blah, blah. Well, I should say like rewinding to your question a bit because I was married and I kind of didn't really want anything to do with my husband. That's only though, because there was a lot of like, I just, I was just realizing that he wasn't the person for me. So layer that on top of having a baby and being tired. And then obviously when we were rested, things would get better and we'd make time, but it kind of got the point where I didn't really want to make time. I just want to be with my baby because he gave me the most joy. So that's kind of like, I don't, so I can't really speak to what it was like because I wasn't single at the time, but in the past four years, my son sleeps and he's like more independent and stuff like that. So 
I'm rested. I've been rested for years. <laughs> did you feel like you only wanted to date other people who had children or did you not, did that not really make a difference? It didn't make a difference to me at all. You know, obviously it's easier because I have friends that are separated and divorced or whatever. And they have partners that have kids the same age, older, younger, whatever. And, you know, mixed schedules and wow, it's mm. like a, a challenge. My partner has two older kids. He's had kids young and they're completely independent and off in university. So we're only dealing with my schedule and my son chases with me basically 90% of the time. So Wow. Well, it's so cool. I mean, like very cool of you. Like we talked about earlier that you can easily fall into like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Or this is like after having a baby, I probably will drift away from my husband. It's like very intuitive of you to know, no, this isn't what I want. And having a baby doesn't mean I have to stay with this person and just taking your life back, which is a kind of a theme of what we've been talking about. So yeah, maybe for a new couple who's really emotional and dealing with some struggles, whether it is parenting, that's bringing out conflict. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice from your personal experience to know this is something we as a couple can work through versus maybe this really is not a person for me? Yeah, I mean, I'm I think that counseling, seeing a therapist or something to talk through some things in the early days might help um, some, you know, therapy helps some people. It doesn't help others. And so I think just being really open to kind of address that there might be some issues. And for me personally, I'm, I don't like conflicts. So I never would want to bring anything up that was bothering me. And so we like, I would just shuffle. And so like, you get to a point where there's so much resentment, right? That's like, there's like, so it's almost like you, you want to dig in before there's that level of resentment or resistance from both people in the relationship. Sleep and communication, it seems. <laughs> Yeah. Two pillars to a happy relationship. Yeah. I know I, a lot of couples where I feel like both of them would probably want to go to couples therapy, but neither of them wants to bring it up because they don't want to make it seem like they think something's wrong or they yeah. there's a conflict or something. And when really it could be helpful for couples, whether there's a conflict or there's not. It's, it's yeah. And like, I mean, and you're right. No one wants to admit, oh God, we have a problem. And I'll tell you right now, the craziest thing when I, because I chose to leave my partner and obviously I didn't make any announcements, but as I'm in a small town, as people kind of found out, you know, I'd be at the gym and like literally the amount of people that come up to me and be like, oh my gosh. I can't stand my husband. What did you do? <laughs> like, or like people be like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to leave my husband for 12 years. What do I do? How did you do this? Oh my gosh. Hysterical. You know, it's like, I'm like, and some of these people don't even know about it. And I had men going, oh my God. Yeah. My wife's driving me crazy. Oh, I wish, I wish I could do that. But my kids are too old or I'm too financially committed, whatever. Right. And I get it. I get not everyone's situation is the same, but I'm also like, God, like we have a full life ahead of us, whether we're 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, why not be happy? But it's amazing kind of what comes out of the woodwork when, you yeah. know, like someone's like been, you know, bold or surprised yeah. you. And so well, yeah. you're so right that obviously everyone's situation is different, but it's so interesting to me because I feel like so many people, their thought process is likely more about, well, how am I going to tell everyone else? And what's my life going to look like after that yep. versus probably even more afraid to tell certain other people than they are to tell their partner that they don't want to be with them anymore. And then just worried about the image and how it impacts so many other people when really you can only make the decision for what's going to be best for you. Like my parents got divorced after having five kids. It's just some people get so held back because of the image of how things are supposed to look. Yeah. And you're right. And you know what? And it is about image. And like, especially in today's day and age, social media, we're all portraying these amazing 
beautiful lives online and everything's perfect. And, you know, I mean, not everyone's doing that, but we are, you know, we don't want to tell anyone that because it's technically a fail and it sounds like a fail, but at the end of the day, it's not a fail. If you're respecting what you need and what you want and you're honoring what you need in your heart to move forward and, and really, really be happy, not just surface happy. I think that is the biggest win over a fail. It's, it's interesting. And I find it fascinating because I'll tell you right now to my like 10 closest friends, probably six of them actually know for sure. Six of them are not happy with their husbands, almost can't stand their husbands and won't do anything about it. It's also like a lot of, I hear so much, whether in conversations with other friends and their own family situations or in television, it's always a thing. Like I'm going to wait until my kids are in college until we split up. And then it's, well, what is the better option being honest and having two loving parents who are able to be amazing support systems and loving, caring mentors for their child separately but giving so much love and happiness because they're happy Mm -hmm. or is it putting on this fake act every day and then the kid grows up and realizes my parents were unhappy and probably affects their own relationship they don't even know what happiness looks like and so then it happens like all you're right (laughs) and that's you guys like you're both exactly right and that's the thing because well first of all my whole thing was I don't want my son growing up thinking that a marriage should be kind of like two people passing like this routine like kind of like cohabitating and you know not showing any love or affection or not being a joint you know I was like no I'm going to teach my son that people can go their separate ways and I can show him that people can be happy without someone and people can be happy with the right person in their lives and I just didn't want him growing up thinking that was what a marriage should be wasn't what I wanted so I looked at it from that way I guess basically I was like I don't want him to grow up that way and I think like you said if two parents navigate through the process in a very positive way which I've never said a bad word about my ex I'm always very you know him and I don't talk like very minimally but I've always just been like you know what this is all for chase and a lot of those times where I'm like I want to tell some things I don't because I want him to understand that this is like a positive experience and he's adapted beautifully beautifully and I say that and I don't know deep down but he's like he's really been a champ and I think it's because of our attitudes towards um moving forward and being happy and we both have different partners now and my son is like oh my gosh mommy you're so happy you'll always say oh Chad makes you so happy and I'm like you're right he does So I want him to see that. And that's like so good for him to see. It's so healthy. Yeah. And it it just speaks to the positive impact of just following what makes you happy. Of course, you're taking into account your son and and the most important things to you. But if you're doing what makes you happy, it's going to make the other people in your life happy as well. So I definitely, definitely agree. I wanted to ask a couple more things about sleep kind of like how things like dinner time and snack time and bath time, like how that all comes into play. Like, is it important that parents are keeping a pretty consistent schedule for those things? Yes, a hundred percent. And that's huge because babies kind of thrive off of consistency. They thrive off of routine. So we encourage doing the same thing before nap you know, five minute nap routine, the the change into comfy clothes, if they're not already in comfy clothes into a sleep sack, if they're using a sleep sack, quick song and cuddle and into the crib and repeating that and having the partners doing the same thing. And so, and grandma and grandpa, whoever's looking after the child doing the same thing, uh, same for food, waking up upon or sorry, feeding upon waking. So a lot of people too, 
one of the biggest mix-ups, actually probably the biggest mix-up. It's not a mix-up per se, but people feed their child to sleep most often. And we switch that. So people will normally have their child wake up and then they'll feed them to go to sleep. Whereas we have the child wake up and eat and fill their tummy and have some time. And we don't lull them back to sleep with another feed. So that's one of the kind of things that is often we need to reverse. And it's bliss because the parents are like, oh, this is so easy. Every time he wakes up, he eats, he hangs out, he plays, he has his nap routine, he goes to sleep. Same with bedtime, bedtime ritual, same ritual every night, half an hour maximum, and just do the same things, the same order. Babies will thrive. They will get excited when the child is old enough to walk and talk. They literally will walk to the bed. They will like literally show you it's time, like tired, grab their little snuggly buddy and go like they thrive off of routine. They love it. So yes, super, super important. Yeah, that's such a helpful and tangible piece of advice for new parents to take away, because I think there's always that struggle of I'm going to be very regimented and very strict because I want consistency in my child's routine. But then there's the people that want their own lives to stay consistent. Mm -hmm. And I want to stay up and I want to be out with friends and my baby will just come along and like whatever you choose. I see parents that do it both ways. That's fine. But my nieces who are six, who my sister was like very strict, very consistent with nap time with sleep time they are the most well-behaved children so yeah. I wanted like you spoke it's, a little bit but like it helps their temperament as oh big time big time and they cry less they whine less they scream less they protest less in general um and they eat better they are clear when they start going to school they aren't having these crazy tantrums like kids will all have tantrums tired or not tired or tired or not but Yes. Like it is huge. And some people, people use pacifiers or soothers and we take it away. We say, well, no, oh no, no. He loves a soother. Oh no. He won't survive without it. Well, trust me. He will survive without it. And when we take it away, you know, it's, they'll be like, okay, so then can I give it back to him during the day? Just like here and there. I'm like, you won't need to, you won't need to, because he's going to be rested. He's not going to be screaming. You're going to be on a schedule. Like, and that's what happens. The soother goes bye-bye and the parents are like, oh my gosh. That was amazing. I can't believe because, you know, they don't like that's quite often a fix. Baby's tired, screaming, whining, stuff a soother in their mouth. Like, is a soother like a pacifier? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> the states is pacifier, Canada soother. I thought so, yeah, so, but, but they'll I just to like, clarify. Yeah, so they'll just do like that. Like, and it's like, oh, just give them something. But back to your point, yes, a rested child will be a better behaved child, will be able to thrive mentally. Their immune system will be stronger. They will have a better attention span in school, less crying fits. I have friends that kids have been up for hours and over the years, and I've always just been like, oh my gosh. And they (laughs) don't eat well. They have behavioral issues that are like, oh my gosh, please just get that child some sleep. (laughs) But it's too late, not too late to catch up on sleep, but it is very obvious. Sleep affects the child's behavior more than people understand and know. Do you think that your your sleep routine as a baby affects you in later in life? I had three older sisters and I think I went to bed so late as a baby. My mom would have me in the car like 
going to pick them up from dance yeah. class. Like, I don't think I went to bed until like 10 p.m. And I have always been a night owl. Like, can't oh, wake up yeah. in the morning. Is this the reason? It's too late for you. Yeah, it's too late for me. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Like, I mean, because yeah, like when your habits are instilled young, can you change them? Yes. But even us as adults need some sort of routine. I was always a child going to bed at nine o'clock, but now I'm kind of the more night owl. Um, I need a sleep consultant now. Yeah. <laughs> just do a routine. Just do a routine. That's one thing too with adults. Like, do your wind down. It goes for the same thing, you know, like put a few are on with some lavender or whatever. It's your routine of washing your face, putting your comfy jammies on, getting in the fresh sheets and reading a book for 15 minutes or listening to a fluff podcast. Just create your own ritual, dark room, cool room. Do that and create that habit in your space if you don't already, because it's, it's huge. We all have yeah. our little kind of habits, but when we kind of really set a regimented Wait, we'll we'll find our whole sleep and our whole kind of thought process around sleep. And even throughout the next day, we'll wake up in a different headspace. Yeah, I love the comparisons that you've made with adults to children and babies. I mean, obviously, we're all just like people, but it's so true that like when I like I said earlier, when I get don't get a good night's sleep and then I don't eat well the next day, like it makes a lot of sense. Then when I think about my friends who have kids that like are their schedules are way off with sleeping and then like they won't eat anything besides like chicken nuggets and don't want it. And don't I feel like you have to have that consistency across the board and it impacts all the other areas of your behavior and your eating and all of that. But we always like to close with some rapid fire questions just to get to know you a little bit better. Aside from sleep and everything we've already talked about, what is something that you could talk about for hours? Fitness and healthy eating. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's my jam. That's like my passion. All about it. So since your sleep training passion and company came about after your son, what was something you were passionate about prior? Like, what did you dream about being famous for when you were younger? Oh, that's a great question. So, um, well, I want to be like, I, you guys are too young to know who, what, who's the bosses that show with like Tony Danza and Angela Bauer. Yeah. Like I still want to be Angela Bauer. Like she was like <laughs> my, I was like, Oh my God, I want to be an advertising executive, just like Angela Bauer. I want to pitch that's all these amazing. big companies. Oh yeah. That was my thing. And I did that. I did that. Um, and so, but that was like my dream funny. Um, and then well, I was in the wine world for many years too. So I um, cool. was in yeah, the wine business for 13 years and traveled many places and, you know, just almost sommelier level. So do your friends always make you order the wine at dinner? Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they and they're always yeah they do it's usually though Janie will order it um but I'm not I'm not a wine snob I'll drink $10 wine and I'll drink $210 wine <laughs> but you probably know how to pick out the good bottles of $10 yep. wine yeah <laughs> yes yeah we need you around <laughs> what are three things that you couldn't have gotten through the early stages of the pandemic without oh gosh um that's a great question um wine my computer and my son. Those are great that. answers. Yeah. A little awesome. mix of a little mix of our family, a guilty wine. pleasure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, wine was online fitness classes, mine. maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. What is a movie or a show you have been recommending to people lately? Oh my gosh. Um, Ted Lasso. Yes. I love Ted Lasso. Is it not the best? Good? Yeah. Such a great, so great, great good. show. Yeah. And oh, um, Emily in Paris, just because mm-hmm. that's my little girl, like kind of like downtime night TV. Love it. 
also yeah. like the dream life to be able to just um, like get a job in Paris and not speaking a word of French and just um, like gallivant around. Yeah. And wearing like the most extravagant outfits. Like I'm like, how do you even afford that? But anyway, um, and she meets and a new guy every episode. I know. I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is quite the life. And I'm like, Whoa. so yeah, we always like to close with advice. So what advice would you give to your younger self? My younger self, I would, I actually would have been more focused in school like in high school to really dig into different careers out there. Like at the time though, I was like, you know, a lot older than you guys, but like at the time, you know, there wasn't as many resources to choose kind of what your best career path was or to really kind of know what avenues you could take. The advice I would want, you know, now if I could was, you know, to dig in a little bit, be a little more serious about school and to just kind of be more serious into understanding that, you know, like, whatever path you take starting in high school to college, that's going to like, I mean, we can all change our path, which I have done, but I just didn't dig in enough. And I think that I probably would have tapped into some other things. I could not agree more. I like even when I was in high school, I think Carly and I, we've talked about this. You just, I didn't know anything. I didn't know about any careers. And I love that you did change your career path because it's so true. You're just told you go on this path, whether it's like nursing or education and you're stuck there. And it's so hard for people to like get out of that mindset and say, no, I'm allowed to do something different. So we don't don't want to change. Yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like that that resonates with me, like more than any of the Mm -hmm. advice, even though like we did have a lot of resources at the time that we were in high school, but I still would tell myself to like pay attention and actually put thought and time and take it more seriously. I feel like when you're, I always say like we, like other countries have it right when they have people like graduate high school and then like go to the army for a few years and then decide like what they want to go to college for. Cause hey, 17, 18, I was way too young to be deciding what, what I wanted gosh, to do. Gosh, we have no idea what we want to do. We don't even understand what, like, I'm like, what? Like I'll talk to people now and I'm like, that's a job. Yeah. Um, What? Like how, like, you know, I mean, like there's a gazillion more like things out there than, you know, at the time, but I'm like, who does that? I would never know about, like, I just, you, you don't know, like, and it's, it's, yeah. So it's very interesting because, you know, when you meet a lot of people who have shifted careers or are stuck doing something that they hate because that's where they're stuck, but that's their choice to be stuck. But also, you know, it's, the think of the amount of people that have like PhDs and stuff and they're actually like waitressing or doing whatever, running a retail, so whatever it is, because we are too young to make those decisions to understand yeah. what we want yeah. or who we are. We don't even know who we are. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I wish it was framed more in like how we've been talking about this and just focusing on what like makes you happy and what your passions were. Like the reason you founded We Sleep was because all of these things you were really interested in doing and you were able to combine that marketing with the love for helping people and the issue that you had on hand you were passionate about like, yeah. handling. Like I don't think anyone really asked me, like think about all the things you love to do and like, yeah. put it together. And this is how you can do it and be confident in getting it. Like that totally. You're right. There's a big disconnect. And that's one thing too, like even like with kind of my role, which, you know, like I kind of mesh everything. Like, so I love inspiring my team. I love that I can help other women have a career. I'm like, yeah, that's like, yeah. And they inspire me. So I'm like, I got that inspiration component. Like my team inspires me and I can inspire them. And I'm the talker and the mover and the shaker. And I'm like, ah, I get so excited. And that's part of me, the marketing where I can do all my branding. Like I can write, I can, you know, so I've kind of like, and then whatever I don't like, you can do that. Here you go. Here you go. It took me a long time to get those off my plate, but I'm also like, I can finally, you know, I understand who I am and what I need in my day to day to really help me succeed and to feel 
comfortable and happy and, and feel that joy with what career gives me, because I don't know that everyone can say that. I know that not everyone can say that their job brings them joy. And I always kind of, if something is coming into my space, that's not joyful. That's on my plate that I'm like, ah! then I immediately am very conscious of like, don't want to do that again. And look at that yes. to someone else next time. Yeah, yeah, it's really the best that. advice. But can yeah. you tell everybody listening where they can find you and how they can work with you and your sleep consultant? Sure. We are at www.wee-sleep.com. And we have free complimentary 15-minute consultations where they can speak to someone, tell them what's going on, get some support, some advice, tons of information on the website. We also have, you know, a blog on there with lots of resources. And we're also always looking for consultants as well. So we're um, growing the training team and we do usually two or three trainings a year. So it's a great time, especially for moms that are pivoting due to the pandemic or new moms that don't want to go back to the kind of corporate world so they can have an opportunity to be a part of the team. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Janie. This was such a great conversation. And even for the both of us who are not moms, I think it just proves that the wellness we talk about, the concept of it doesn't change. And yeah. all of these things are so important. And the, you were an amazing resource. I will yeah. be tuning back well, into you this know, episode. And you know where to go when you guys have kids. You can come to exactly. me. I'll help you. It'll be like perfect. But thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And you guys keep rocking it. You're doing amazing things. Thank you so Thank much. You.